1: That's Blue Nile.com.
0: palm smells best
2: in the evening. It's not worth believing what you heard. Soil and learned green, really. just a dress your daughter.
3: what is thy bidding my master there is a great disturbance in the force i have felt it we have a new enemy luke skywalker yes my master he could destroy us he's just a boy be one can no longer help him. The Force is strong with him. The son of Skywalker must not become a Jedi. If he could be turned, he would become a powerful ally. Yes. Yes. He would be a great asset. Can it be done? He will join us or die, Master. Spooky.
2: Welcome to a very special episode of I Was There Too. Today's guest, the voice of the Emperor in the pre-special edition Empire Strikes Back, Clive Revel. I'm Matt Gorley, and this is the show where I talk to people just like Clive, that had some small but significant role in a great film. Today's episode started like any other, but then quickly became something a little more, or maybe less, but different for sure. First, because Clive was such a lovely gentleman wonderfully out there i'm not entirely sure how much he remembered about his experiences on the film but it was super fun going on the journey with him even if it was just for his first answer as to what director irvin kershner told him about the role it's such a lovely vague answer that might even get at the vagueness of the emperor itself even if that is just a happy accident in some ways it was like sitting across from a benevolent version of the emperor himself Something about it was so charming, but what I'd end up finding out is that between the vagaries and mixed memories of his answers, and what I'd soon discover was a strange controversy of who, and indeed what, actually played the Emperor, this would be a very special episode, a mystery in some sense. Because let me explain to you the short history of this character. It didn't begin as the Emperor we all know from Return of the Jedi, so brilliantly played by Ian McDiarmid. It began as a hologram of a cloaked figure that was actually played by three entirely different beings. The reason I say beings is because it was voiced by a man, today's guest, Clive Revel, acted physically by a woman with some prosthetic facial appliances, and then had the superimposed eyes of a chimpanzee. Yes, that's correct. My first thought when booking Clive was that I'd try to at least track down the woman, Elaine Baker, credited with the role, and then do who knows what with some chimp segment where I no doubt would have used my cat as a stand-in for the chimp. But the more I looked into it, the more I found there was some disagreement as to who actually played the Emperor physically. But more on all of that in the second half as I'm joined by two experts and friends. Pete the Retailer, and Alex Robinson from the just fantastic Star Wars Minute podcast. They join me in my dive into the darkest and most trivial depths to help me crack this case. Are we successful? We might be. Is the journey worth the destination? You goddamn better believe it is. All right, let's get on with this episode. The film, The Empire Strikes Back. The year, 1980, The role. The voice of the emperor, the actor, Clive Revell. Did you ever think
3: you'd be roped into an interview about the emperor by your accountant? <laughs> oh, that's one of the more extraordinary things that could happen um, in, as we say, show business. <laughs> so how is it that you came to be the voice of the emperor in The Empire Strikes Back?
2: You want to get to the good bit, do you? I want to start with that, but I want to, I want to hear
3: the whole story. We'll start there. Well, the, the, um, the, the director, of course, his name's gone right er- out of my Irvin market. Kirshner? Irv Kirshner, yeah. Irv. Irv Kirshner. Um, I'd done a couple of things with him, and he, he, we, were, we were great friends. I lived in London, and uh, he would come over and do things in London and the continent, and he was, he was a very uh, garrulous character. He'd wander around all over the place. He <laughs> was a marvelous man. What do you mean he'd wander around all over the place? What does that mean? Exactly? Well, he was, he was just a person who would go through, you know, looking around. Curious, huh? Cities and life. And yeah. he, uh, where are you going? Well, he said, I'm, I'm going over to Russia for a little while. And I said, Russia? Oh, oh, oh <laughs> extraordinary. Yeah. But anyway, bless him. But he would he would drop by an and we'd talk about all sorts of things. Uh, where am I going with this? I don't know where I'm going. Wandering off, <laughs> uh, of course. Anyway, I, I, but this time I'd, I'd, uh, come out to uh, Los Angeles. I'd backwards and forwards doing stuff. I lived in London, and um, he said, I've, I've got a little, I've uh, got a little problem. And I said, Well, what is it? He said, I'm doing a picture. And he said, and it's coming up the home straight, and we're putting it all together. And he said, I, I need a very, very special thing. I said, well, what is it? And he said, uh, I don't know, have you seen the other films? I said, I don't go and see those films. I... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So he said, well, uh, here's, the, here's the copy. So he gave me this piece of paper and I looked at it and I said, uh, Irv, did you bring me down for this? <laughs> and he said, yes. I said, well, well, he gave me a bit of the background. And he gave some more background and more background. Do you remember what he told you? When he said, the character is perhaps not a person, but is a persona, Hmm. a thing. And he has created this element, this world, this call it what you will. And he is the emperor or the... The president, or whatever you like to call it, of this thing. And something has gone wrong. And the thing that's gone wrong is that this idea had been drawn into it by people. And these people were behaving in a most peculiar fashion. And the emperor had suddenly come out of the, the marsh of the, of the universe. And he just didn't know quite what to do about it. And so I said, okay, fine. And he is a, um, you know, that figure is, is, you know, it's a hologram. Yeah. And I said, well, give me that piece of paper. So I said, fine, I said, looked at it, and I said, okay, yes, I can see that, yeah, yeah, now it's beginning to make something, yeah. So I did one take, I said, just a minute, let me do another one, I said, let me have a think about this, and I said, okay, I said, I'm going to come very close, and what I did was this. There is a great disturbance in the force. And that was the voice of the emperor. <laughs> what were you thinking about in terms of your physical representation of that character? Nothing, nothing of that. It was uh, not a fantasy. It was an element. Take the elements that we live in. I say fire, water, for instance. And this Thing had created this where, where it was a universe within a universe, a world within a universe, who knows. And these people had this, who were flesh and blood, were kicking it around, and they all wanted it. And the, he did not quite get it, <laughs> because he was in charge of this. It was not a figment of the imagination. It was a, a somewhat malleable fantasy of his. So when he said, there is a great disturbance in the force, and those seven or eight words were the voice of the emperor.
2: And did they show you any kind of physical representation of what he would look like at that point? No, or was the representation. The representation
3: was somewhat shadowy, sort of mystical. Mm-hmm. It couldn't be like a human being, like we're sitting across this microphone now. It could be. Now we've all had we've all had dreams, right? Yeah. Everybody had a dream. Some people have a had a a nightmare, which is you can't put any. Context It's just into abstract. It. it was abstract. Yeah. It came and went. And that is, in fact, what was used in The Empire Strikes Back.
2: So, do you mean by that originally because it's your voice, it's a woman's face with makeup on, it, and then chimpanzee eyes? Yeah. Superimposed on that, and, yeah. and those three elements give it a sort of otherworldliness that you're kind of talking about. That right? is
3: absolutely correct. Yes, interesting. When I've done these um, things that you go to, you know, the, the uh, oh,
2: a convention or something. Convention,
3: yeah. And and people get a bit. Oh, well, what do you think? We're going to get that. You know, well, you're the voice of the emperor. Huh? Yes, yes. <laughs> and I've had several people. I've had them come, and they get just a little bit as we say, narky, admitting just a bit, little bit, and they think they know everything. I said, I said, would you come behind with the microphone, behind the desk? And I said, there it is, it's on paper. That's what the voice the, vo- the emperor looks like, shadowy, shadowy, shadowy. And I said, I want you to just stand just across the microphone and close your eyes and think about it. Oh, yeah, all right, there you yeah, okay, fine. And I go to the microphone and I say... There is a great disturbance in the force. I've had people damn near drop down, (laughs) faint, because what you're doing is bringing an element of reality, but non-reality, into this thing that they have given part of their life, which may have been two years, ten minutes, and they're standing next to... This thing with their eyes shut and listening to this thing. Let me let me give it a go. Give it to me one more time. Let me shut my eyes. Here. There is a great disturbance in the force.
2: That reminds me of the time I, I interviewed the woman who plays the face of the demon in The Exorcist. Yeah. And there were times when
3: she would make that expression, and you you do get a little bit of a chill. You know. Well yes because that's what uh, you know that's what uh, the story is any story once upon a time there were three bears <laughs> there was papa bear mama bear and baby bear and they all lived in the forest and that's what we as uh, as parents have told children and have 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 had our own parents tell us the story of grandpa and grandma Tell us those stories. Once upon a time, there were three bears Mama Bear, Papa Bear, and Baby Bear.
2: Now I can say I've had the Emperor tell me the three bears story. I can check that off. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Look, it doesn't matter whether it is this or whether it's Hamlet or whether it's out of the, the Greek tragedies. We, as the audience, go to the theater. And we sit and listen, and we become enthralled by the development of the story.
2: So you've done quite a bit of Shakespeare. I'm a big Shakespeare fan. Do you have a favorite Shakespearean role? I know your first was Sebastian from Twelfth Night. Is that correct?
3: Well, yes. That was a rather sort of uh, genteel one, yes. Even the the role of the emperor has
2: an element of Hamlet's ghost father, kind of even the way it appears, and you imagine –
3: Hamlet's father appearing like that. Well, yes, it's it's all of that. Um, In Shakespeare, it doesn't matter how daft it is, you must get into the gut of it because Shakespeare was no fool. And whatever he wrote had an element of going somewhere, you know. The one that was quite interesting was that we were doing uh, The Tempest with Sir Sir John Dealgood. No kidding. And we brought it down the second year. Was he Prospero? Yes, of course. Who, well, I, I you, could have been you, you. You just don't sit there and say that. John. Who did you play? I played Trinculo, the clown. Yeah, okay. And it was directed by Peter Brook, who was a great fun. Well, it wasn't great fun. He was very serious. <laughs> <name>. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last time I told him, he said, bah! and he walked away from me. I said, what have I done now? He didn't want to talk to me. Why? I don't know. I never found out.
2: What did you, do- you don't have any idea what you could have done?
3: No. So anyway, here we are. Well, there's Drury. a
2: whole story there, i Oh, afraid. I've got
3: stories that will keep you here until 12 night. <laughs> anyway, uh, here we were at Drury Lane, beautiful theatre, beautiful theatre. And I'm standing on the side of the stage and I was just looking out and I felt this person and I looked out of the corner of mine, and I said, it's Sir John, Sir John. So I looked up and I said, Good evening, Sir John. Good evening, Clive. <laughs> you know, I really feel quite chic in my sack look. <laughs> <laughs> and he was dressed in a sarong man, and sang.
1: <laughs> I look like a russet potato.
3: <laughs> yes, like that. And they had his last, um, you know, the, at the end of the piece Now My Charms Are All Overthrown. And what strength I have's mine own, which is most faint. Let me not, since I have my dukedom got, and pardon the deceiver. Dwell in this bare island by your spell, and my ending is despair, unless I be relieved by prayer which pierces so that it assaults mercy itself and frees all faults. As you from crimes would pardon let your indulgence set me free. Now that is the last sonnet. Wait,
2: are you sure you didn't play Prospero?
3: No, but I listened to it every night. <laughs> this clown, and he, he, he'd lost his pants in in the wreck, and I was there in underpants <laughs> and a, and a thing and a, a hat on. I used to get on every night, and I was in tears by the absolutely this absolutely gorgeous voice.
2: I can imagine what era, like what. Uh, it, was, uh,
3: it was probably in the late uh, 40s, 440s or something wow, like that. Wow, you guys were just all young bucks up there, huh? Oh, yes, and Patrick Weimark, <sighs> who was a great friend of mine, he was being the other clown. Um, and I came in one day and there was a uh, fellow at the stage door. He said, oh, Mr. Mr. he said, uh, Mr. He said, oh, I've got something here for you. Oh, I said, thank you very much. I took an envelope. No, I... Anyway... I thought I'd stick it somewhere. I don't know some dicky he, he wants something. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I went home that night, and I opened it up, and I still got it. And the element of it was, dear Clive, the role of Trinculo is the one I've always wanted to play, <laughs> and it went on and on and on and on. I saw the performance the other night. It was just absolutely magnificent. Thank you. I no longer wish to play it. Signed, Alec
0: Guinness.
3: (laughs) How about that? So that was that. Uh, Uh, um, I'm going to bring it a little
2: bit full circle. Did you ever end up seeing the footage of you as the emperor? No, I never did. Really? Well, uh, footage. Yeah, the uh, the finished product of you. No, I never did. I never did. Would you care to watch it? When? Right now. Oh, I've, I've seen it, yeah. Oh, you've seen it? Mm. Mm. And what were your thoughts of it did, when you saw what it looked like? What, what did you think? Well,
3: it was exactly what they wanted. And that was um, the director.
2: Uh-huh.
3: That is what I want. You yeah. see it, you see don't it. see it. It's there, it's there, it's there, you know.
2: And was there ever any discussion of you playing the role in the third movie, the one that followed no. that? No. no. Would you like to have, do you think?
3: I, to be perfectly honest, I don't know. That was the beginning of this incredible metamorphosis of this idea, there is a great disturbance in the force. And then they went through all the business of um, trying to trash everything and each other on the surface of this little planet called Earth. Or somewhere. <laughs> but there was the, the line, the line of actions to it. Um, I could easily see you playing the part, your theatricality. and uh, uh, Yes, but the point is, you say theatricality, but you could say, I am the emperor. You do what I tell you. Then you could come and say, I am the emperor. You do what I tell you.
2: You know, it's funny when you do those two renditions, the first one is the one that they ended up going with. I don't know if they had chosen your takes or you were aware of that, but in the film it has that deeper timber to the voice like Oh, that. yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Interesting.
3: I mean, I think I did it when with uh, Kirshner, uh, when I was stood there and in the on Wilshire Boulevard in this little recording studio. And I did it about three or four times. And when I finally got... It's not a question, any sort of... There is a Greek disturbance in the force. That's it. No. Okay, maybe not. It can't be that. It must be... Because I, I think I gave him about four or five of these. And I said, no, it must be that amorphous creature that you see on the screen. Yeah. And so it must be... There is a great disturbance in the force. And yet they went with the yeah. former. Interesting. Yeah. Wow.
2: Well, you, you never can tell, huh? <laughs>
3: no, well, it's their it's the stuff, you know. Yeah. And
2: so uh what are you up to now? Do you have anything that you're working on that you can tell us about?
3: No, no. As we say in showbiz, have I have a hung up my tits. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want to
2: thank Leanne. Leanne, now you're... Clive's accountant is that correct? Right. And awesome. are you a listener to the podcast? Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. And every
1: every week I would hear you say, "If you can connect us with somebody," and I would say, "Darn it, I wish I knew somebody." And then one day I just suddenly realized, "Oh my gosh, Clive has done so many different things."
2: I do the Emperor's books, <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. Which it's I do got, the yeah.
2: That's books. I mean, there's got to be some crooked dealings going on there if you're Uh-oh, running. I'm not the- allowed to say. <laughs> Uh, well, I thank you very much for making this happen. Clive, you've been thank so you. wonderful to talk Before to.
3: we go, oh, I told you about this. Um, I just came back from Europe. I, I had a, <clears throat> a call from a gentleman who's a, a writer and um, director of a film. It was happening in Hungary. And I thought, oh, I've been to Hungary, yes. Yeah, I went there for a picture. I love it. Because the Danube runs right through the center of the city. Very romantic place. And I thought, oh, it'd be a nice trip to go over there. And uh, so, where am I going with this? <laughs> oh,
1: what's, what's the project? Tell him about the project that you were out there doing. Yeah,
3: it's gone right out of my mind. Oh, it's, 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 um, it's a Spanish <laughs> film and it's called The um, Queen of Spain? Uh, yeah, La Reina de España. So, you haven't exactly hung up your tits. No, 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 I haven't. Because in a film, of course, you you know, know, it's there. It's, uh, you know, I don't think I could do anything with a lot of chatting. Yeah. Because my memory, as you can probably guess (laughs) so far, is not top draw at the moment. You Uh, know, because I'm really quite old, you see. But I've had a wonderful time talking to you. No, it's been great fun.
2: Thank you so much.
3: And thank you to all those wonderful people out there.
2: Well, there you have it from the Emperor himself. Thank you, Leanne, so much for setting this up. I'm not entirely sure how much information we ended up with or even how accurate that was, but I wouldn't change a thing. That's actually half the interview that we did. He had so many wonderful stories about other things. I may at some point put up the full interview, but in the interest of the Star Wars elements of this podcast, I cut it down a bit. And we even had another Shakespearean soliloquy. That's two for this program now, the first by Peter Jason. Check out that episode. But like I said in the intro, this interview led me on a trail and a mystery and a conspiracy that continues to this day and maybe beyond this episode. We know Clive Revel was the voice of the emperor. We know a chimpanzee played the eyes. And we know that a woman named Elaine Baker is credited as playing the body of the emperor. She's the ex-wife of the special effects master Rick Baker. But did she really? I'll explain why that's still a question after these messages when the boys from the Star Wars Minute podcast join me to figure out who dat, Emperor. That's a new segment I'm calling Who Dat Emperor. We'll be right back. Joining me now for a segment I would like to call Was I There Too? Pete the Retailer and Alex Robinson from the excellent Star Wars Minute podcast. They are here As basically expert witnesses, I flatter myself to say that I would be like a, mm, maybe a Kit Fisto Jedi-level Star Wars nerd, though the fact that I just referenced Kit Fisto makes me more of a Mace Windu-level Jedi. My point is, these guys are Yoda-level Star Wars experts, and I am happy to have them here today. Hello, Alex and Pete.
0: Hey. Thanks for
2: having us. This is invaluable to have your expertise. Now, for the listeners... They do a podcast that, because it's called Star Wars Minute, means they go through, starting with the film Star Wars, A New Hope, technically, they do an episode. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you on that. Did you notice that on my (laughs) I Was There 2 episode, I didn't call it A New Hope? I
1: did.
0: I appreciated that. I thought of you the whole time I didn't do that. Well, strictly speaking, we did the pre-special edition version, which was not called A New Hope, so... We did the original 1977 New Hopeless version of the, of the movie.
2: <laughs> what we're talking about here today is the pre-special edition Empire Strikes Back. It's all the more relevant. Mm-hmm. But getting back to what you guys do, you probably have a really concise way to explain this. But essentially, every episode is about one minute from a Star Wars movie. Not that it's about a minute in duration. It's about 20 to 30 minutes in duration, but the subject is one specific minute, and every episode is the next chronological minute of that film. You've already finished up the original trilogy. You've even done episode one, The Phantom Menace, and soon you're moving on to episode two, Attack of the Clones.
1: Yeah. We can't deny it's true. Our fifth movie uh, covering every single minute, so that's over
0: 500-something episodes Technically, we also did the uh, Ewok Adventure, too, so five and a half.
1: Not not minute by minute, though. That'd oh, be that's crazy.
0: true.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no one would survive that. <laughs> um, I've been a guest on the show uh, a handful of times. It's one of my favorite podcasts. And I have to say, there's something about the way you guys approach the films. You are so knowledgeable about them, but you don't have a kind of, um, well, for lack of a better term, that internet nerd authority that is very... Um, uh, structured and ruthless. You guys just have so much fun with it and really are the two perfect people to take these films apart. Mm. We Thank like you. to say we're
0: casual, hardcore fans. I think
2: right. that makes sense. I And I, I feel like I identify with that, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now that we got that out of the way. <laughs> now that you've established our credentials. Which I would have had to do. I'm going to treat this like a court case because I need to uh, prove to the listeners your bona fides. And we're going to cover something very controversial And very heavy here today and that is who physically played the emperor in the pre-special edition empire strikes back now i've explained this already but it was really played by three entities the voice by this episode's guest clive revel the eyes were a chimpanzee's eyes (laughs) and the body was played by a woman now technically the actress on record for this role is elaine baker whom was credited with the Emperor on IMDb, but with an uncredited, in parentheses, credit. Does that make sense? Good. But when I say on record, she's also listed in J.W. Rinsler's The Making of Empire Strikes Back book, which is really the official archive and record of this film as being the person who played the Emperor in this movie. So, I will read first an excerpt from the book, The Making of the Empire Strikes Back. Exhibit one, let's have some fun. Okay, this is all the book has to say about it. I possess this book. I know you guys do, too, because sure. you've talked about it on your podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a great read. Essential. Here it is. On February 5th, Jim Bloom sent a letter to Marjorie Eaton in Palo Alto. And I should mention Marjorie Eaton was about 80 years old at the time. She's a wonderful character actress from the golden era of cinema. In it was enclosed a sheet with the five lines of dialogue you will need to know for your lip-syncing. We intend to photograph you sometime between Monday, February 18th and Friday, February 22nd. Originally scheduled for November, Eaton was filmed at ILM as the Emperor, though her test didn't prove satisfactory. She was replaced by Elaine Baker in makeup with the Emperor's voice later supplied by actor Clive Revel. So Elaine Baker is the wife of special effects master Rick Baker. Mm-hmm. She is the one who is credited as playing the emperor. Okay, does this all clear so far? Yeah, it seems pretty yeah, open th- and shut. Oh, hold on, your honors. I'll allow it. Peas and carrots, peace and carrots. Uh, I will now refer you to two independent sources, a Tumblr blog, I know that doesn't carry a ton <laughs> of weight, called Making Sense of Star Wars. Let me just read to you from this. Exhibit two. The Emperor is who? Prior to beginning Return of the Jedi, George Lucas had said very little about the character to his collaborators. This is about the Emperor. When it came time to actually film a scene with the Emperor in 79, makeup and effects artists placed some thickly wrinkled prosthetics around veteran character actor and shockingly brilliant painter Marjorie Eaton's eyes and forehead. The end result wasn't creepy enough, so camera trickery was employed to superimpose a chimpanzee's eyes over Miss Eaton's. Finally, the sonorous voice of Shakespearean actor Clive Revel was added. The end result was otherworldly. So now, there's no official source or citation for that. That's just to bolster my case here. But there's more. Exhibit 3. Was the Emperor Marjorie? These are good. From the message boards from theforce.net, it says, There is something very unsettling and frankly scary about the original Emperor. A lot was about the mystery. Clive Revel did the voice, but for three decades, the actor was only known as an unknown woman with heavy prosthetics and superimposed chimpanzee eyes. It looked like we got an answer in the making of The Empire Strikes Back by J.W. Rinsler. Elaine Baker was named as the mystery actor. This, however, turned out to be the result of faulty research. The book almost got it right. It made a brief mention of veteran actor Marjorie Eaton testing for the role, but ultimately being switched out with Baker. As it turns out, no one can back up the book's account, including Rick Baker. Though Baker, John Berg, and Jim Bloom have debunked the myth and correctly identified Eaton. This information has come to light thanks to Don Bees. So as it turns out, this is the face of the emperor. And it's, um, I will refer you to... Exhibit four. Please hold the door. So this is a photo of what looks to be Marjorie Eaton in some kind of antebellum... Film costume. Now, from the same blog. Unfortunately, Eaton passed away in 1986. She had already had a long career in film before being cast at The Emperor at the age of 79. In comparison to the young Elaine Baker, it's very easy to see Eaton's features even beneath the makeup. Here's the problem Elaine Baker is credited with this role. I can't find a definitive picture of her. I tried to track her down. I even looked at what I found to be a trail from Rick Baker and Elaine Baker to their children on Twitter, one of whom my engineer, Sam, and I were trying to figure this out, thought was this girl that you've actually seen in commercials before, and I tracked her down, and she had nothing to do with their family (laughs) once. So this whole thing has put me on a weird wild goose chase. But what I'm going to have you guys do is take a look at some of these specific pictures and try to give your assessment as to whether the woman... Actually, in the final film, is the younger Elaine Baker, as credited, or the older character actress at the time, Marjorie Eaton? Pete and Alex, please weigh in.
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems like all of this definitely happened, and it's just about what made it up onto the screen, right? That seems to be the—I don't think anybody's arguing that, right, that Elaine Baker at some point was filmed with this it seems emperor like it. Emperor Getup. And, yeah, and um, I forgot. Marjorie Eaton was also filmed with this emperor makeup
2: and the chimp. And I, was I reading somewhere that there was a cat involved too? There is, and there's a picture of that yeah. on the episode page. Yeah. So they, they tried a cat for the eyes, which was a Siamese cat, beautiful blue-eyed cat, a chimpanzee, and also an accountant for Lucasfilm. <laughs> and you can see a photo of that yeah. on the webpage as well. And the three of them are in a row. The coldest eyes of all. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I know the the chimp, you can see they're kind of bribing him with
2: raisins. So that makes more sense. But I don't know what a cat would <laughs> sit still for like that. <laughs> I'm going to send you another picture of Marjorie Eaton, as well as what looks to be a picture of her in the makeup fully. But again... This could just be a still from the makeup test, so it's not definitive proof. Because really, all you can go off of is the chin. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of nose, a little bit of chin, like the lips, maybe. Although, you know, the nose to me doesn't strike me as a prosthetic nose. And when you look at Marjorie Eden's nose, it's very similar to that. I just wish we had a picture of Elaine Baker. I should also mention that I found Anne Elaine Baker, who's an author, and seemed to have done some kind of makeup Work And I contacted her and she was just the sweetest woman and was just so effusive in how much she wanted to say it wasn't her, but good luck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wish she had tried to fake it. <laughs> She's like, yeah, that was me. I was in the Star Wars. And then you interview her. <laughs> <laughs> kind of really now I see I'm I'm doing my own Googling in the
1: background here. And yeah, here's a picture of Rick and Elaine Baker together with kind of one of the one of the Star Wars, the Cantina Aliens. Oh, send that to me. I want to see what she looks like. She looks a little, like her features look a little soft, maybe, for for the Emperor.
2: Now, what's interesting in the Force.net, it seems pretty conclusive that the three people doing the shoot say that Marjorie Eaton was, in fact, the Emperor. However, there's no source for that thing. I can't find anything to back that up. Like, there's no citation or anything. So, hmm. it. I don't know why anybody would lie about that, but you never know what kind of Star Wars agenda there is out there. That could be big empire trying to fool us or something. That's true. Or, well, or they could know.
0: just honestly be misremembering it. You know?
2: Yeah, that's true. Or just the the
1: internet, you know. That that guy was famous on his message board for a day. <laughs> That's true. So yeah, that because, goes a yeah. long
2: way. Now, there is someone that could, I think, definitively answer this for us, and that's Elaine Baker, but I just couldn't track her down. I will mm. also mention that I, I put some time into it, but I'm not a private investigator, nor do I have the real burning desire to actually devote so much time and energy to this.
1: Yeah, it, it, it seems like they're not, uh, they're no longer together either. So that yeah. might not be like, hey, let's talk about your. That guy that you divorced 30 right. years ago. Yeah,
2: I didn't want to bring up any old wounds.
0: I, I love the fact that this is like piecing together like like Roman history or something. You know, it was 30, 35 years ago, and yet it's just as we're, we're baffled by it as if it was, you know, from the 1700s or something.
2: Yeah, it feels like it should be a PBS documentary
0: or something where
2: people <laughs> sit around yeah. a table that is lit from the bottom you know, yeah. put their little rally right. rel- I mean, evidence. Down. Yeah,
0: finding the emperor, <laughs>
2: <laughs> finding Pal, finding Sheev. Oh, there you <laughs> go. That's Palpatine's real name for just the average listener out there.
0: His first Below average.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what was the name of the uh, chimpanzee? It's like I can't find that either. Did you oh. find that?
1: I did no, not. I, did, I, I didn't. Uh, I don't know that that. I'm, I'm sure the chimp had a name, but I don't, I don't know that I ever knew it. Isn't it convenient that so many people on this
2: have passed away? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Or Good. are otherwise unavailable. Right. The <laughs> only person that seems to have survived this whole debacle is the Ian McDiarmid, the current reigning emperor. Right. Suspicious.
1: <laughs> now, I see there's also looking at the ears on the emperor uh, photos here. I would say there there could also be a case to be made that it's all
2: chimp because those are some those are some large ears. <laughs> Where are you even seeing the ears just yeah, barely inside the, the cloak
1: there's some of those close up uh hang on it's one of the ones uh oh you know what it's the one of them. <laughs> never you mind it's the one of them actually applying the makeup to um marjorie eaton so I'm, oh I'm, yeah i'm insulting a very a very i'm sure a nice kind
2: lady saying she has chimp ears so but they are large ears i mean you're not they, wrong and she's passed so it's i think you know the statute of limitations of ear talk is fine yeah i don't want to get haunted <laughs> though <laughs> what Scoodles. if she comes in her makeup test
0: <laughs> well, well then we can ask eyes. her too we can like, <laughs> wait
2: were you okay, in yes. shot or was shot i'm it? very scared of you but before we begin I have a question for you. You
0: could potentially be haunted by as many as four different people in this case. <laughs> chimpanzee, <laughs> Elaine Baker, Rick... Uh,
1: the, uh... It's like a, a weird version of A Christmas Carol. Yeah. It's
0: really five.
2: Yeah, the ghosts of emperors, past, present, and pluperfect. <laughs> um, wait, so we've got Clive Revel, we've got a chimpanzee, we've got Elaine Baker, Marjorie Eaton, and Ian McDermott. That's five actors. That's crazy. This is, I mean... This character is like Voltron. Well, that, that's not
1: included. They didn't. We're assuming they didn't actually use anything from the cat or the accountant. Oh, that's right. So <laughs> potentially up to seven seven actors.
0: And these are the ones we know about. I mean, right. there could be anything in there. He contains a multitude. <laughs> I've really wavered because at first, um, looking at the emperor's chin and. Um looking at someone's that picture of uh marjorie eaton kind of wearing her antebellum clothes and and uh gazing at us longingly she uh that made me think oh no, her chin looks too narrow but then i saw the full the front on picture and her chin looked okay but then i look at um, elaine baker and her chin more or less looks exactly the same as the emperor's chin so it's i know that does not help but her no the emperor uh elaine baker's nose does not look as imperial as uh eaton's nose yeah the nose of eaton eaton's no nose. That was a...
2: now he i i would say that the nose is key because that marjorie Eaton's nose definitely matches the film emperor's nose however is that a prosthetic i don't yeah. think so because i think i have a photo of the prosthetic alone yeah
1: there's may- that kind of gnarly looking yeah like a, like a recent picture of the
0: prosthetic where it's it's seen better days uh, yeah right. that's on the that's on the making sense of star wars but yeah just but also that that doesn't mean the prosthetic wasn't there at some point mm. that's
2: true and that this isn't necessarily even it could even be mcdarmid's prosthetic though he didn't have like those cheek ridges did he i think
0: uh well in in in, in uh, Return of the Jedi he did. Oh, if you look fuck. at the if you look at the um the force dot net conversation, people get into a lot of comparisons about the uh, the emperor the empire emperor and the Jedi Emperor. Yeah. Mm.
2: Although this is coming from a source that says prosthetics worn by Elaine Baker, makeup designer, Rick Baker's wife, on Pinterest. But when I go to visit the page It just takes me to a picture of the chimp. (laughs) Man, what is going on here?
1: The picture that I just found of of, uh, Elaine Baker is from Bananas Magazine, so that's chimp evidence.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: boy, this is getting deep.
2: I love how any other investigation would lead you to like ah, the New York Times or something. <laughs> We're having to source Bananas Magazine. I can't wait to find the actual truth in Dynamite with Sean Cassidy on the cover. Pizzazz. <laughs> yeah. <You know. laughs>
1: Further research indicates that the uh, the the cover boy cover cover star what's that called? Cover like lad. The, yeah. the The cover of that issue of Bananas is
2: Alan Alda.
0: So. What?
2: <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. I'm also confusing this, too, with Dynamite, thinking it's more... But it is a magazine for kids. Why is Alan Alda on there?
1: I don't know. It says, Mashes Alan Alda out of uniform, which makes it sound like it's risque, but he's just wearing
2: like a a plaid uh, sport coat. All right. I think it's time to make our closing arguments. Um, I'll start because I, I think I'll more defer to you two, but... I think the likelihood is that J.W. Rinsler must have gotten it wrong because I'm going to I'm going to say there's a good chance that this picture of this prosthetic which I'll include a picture of on the website as well was the one which would mean that the nose we see on film which to me honestly doesn't look prosthetic it looks real and it's a very mm-hmm. distinct almost like Basil Rathbone John Barrymore profile kind of mm-hmm. aquiline Roman hooked nose. It's a beautiful nose. It's got character. It it really does. And I feel like that's Marjorie Eaton's nose. And though they must have done a screen test with her, and maybe they at first didn't think they liked it, and then they did it with Elaine Baker, and they went back to Marjorie Eaton. But I think what we're seeing in that final film, which then wouldn't be the final film, because Lucas had to go back in. and See, that's another thing. Maybe he's covering his tracks. But I think Mm. that pre-special edition Emperor is Marjorie Eaton. Guys, what do you think? Um I
1: think I'm going to concur with your conclusion. I think the uh looking at the nose, looking at that kind of uh you know, I, I think there were definitely different attempts at this, but the what we see what we saw originally on the screen but cannot see now um I'll I'll say looks to me the most like uh Marjorie Eaton. With the, uh, you know,
2: that like four
1: percent chimp.
0: Four <laughs> percent right. chimp. I mean, DNA. that's
2: that's undisputed. Oh, here's another picture of the prosthetic, all flattened out, and it looks like a alien face hugger or something. Ooh. Hold on, before you go. And we've just been handed new evidence. Oh God, I know. Hold the court. This is celebritywc dot com for Elaine Baker photos and the only photos on here are of this prosthetic flattened out and then some weird lady in her car and then Ian McDermott. And below that are a bunch of promoted content ads with cleavage ladies. Now, hold on. Let's explore that part a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that, that gets us nowhere closer except that this picture is attributed to Elaine Baker. But Alex, take us home.
0: Um, I think I'm going to have to agree with my uh, distinguished uh, fellow panelists I think, I mean, there's this, there's that unattributed uh, Rick Baker saying it wasn't her and those two other people saying it wasn't her. And um, between that, between the nose, I'm going to say it's her. Eaten. Okay, so it's time to announce the verdict, even though you just
2: heard it already. <laughs> also, what if this whole thing is a giant spin by Rick Baker to defame his ex-wife? I'm not even going to enter that into evidence. That's hearsay. The verdict is Marjorie Eaton. Eaton what? Elaine Baker's eating her heart out is what? Let's end this. It's Marjorie Eaton. We have a unanimous triumvirate here. 3 people that are completely in the tank for Big Eaton. And we don't it's a think That's right. It's a quorum. Um, That's just our expert opinion. This is not definitive proof. That proof might still be out there. Here's what I want you, the listener, to do. If you know definitively, if you have a way you can get in touch with Elaine Baker, Rick Baker, the other two guys that were there, I don't want to look up their names right now.
0: The chimp. The
2: chimp, yeah. Then, and only then, email me at Iwasthere2pod at gmail.com. But if you'd just like to weigh the evidence yourself, go to this episode's webpage on earwolf.com. And from there, you can also go to the forum, and you can post your vote on there, and I will announce those listener results on the next episode. So that will be the official poll. Again, look at all the exhibits, links to the discussion boards, the photos, consider the evidence we presented here today, and then voice your opinion as a post in the I Was There Too forum at Earwolf.com. I'll start a thread. And then we'll see what we find out there. But I think there you have it. This is a good start. We've heard from the experts, Alex and Pete. Your opinion has been invaluable. Thank you guys. Well, well, it's been thanks. a pleasure.
1: Thanks for including us.
2: What do we know about Attack of the Clones Minute? When is that going to start? Is there anything you can tell us? Uh, it'll be soon, Ooh.
1: before
0: the end of the year, Ooh. which is only what, like a few 60, weeks away. 67 days away. So yeah. sometime before then. I guess we should mention that on December sixteenth, uh, Pete and I are going to be doing a live show at Nerd Melt in Los Angeles, and we're going to be joined by Matt Gorley. Hey, that's me. Oh. Yeah, I hope you I hope you knew that ahead of time, but uh, in any case, I wasn't case, sure you are if now, it
1: was if it was the same guy or not. But I guess it is the same Matt Gorley.
0: As I say, we weren't sure if it was Matt Gorley or Marjorie Eaton. We're not oh. sure. Hopefully, <laughs> that'll get to the bottom of it. But yes, well, uh, if ever that was a tease. <laughs> Uh, some other guests lined up. We have Paul Rust confirmed. TV's Paul Rust will be joining us, and hopefully, uh, maybe one or two other special surprise guests. So, uh,
2: yeah. Now, I'm, can we talk about what the subject of this show is? Yeah, I F- guess we I, can do that. I, I
1: don't see why not. I think the you know people always uh, we've got mixed messages on whether or not people hate it when we talk about the toys, um, but I think we're just going to devote this whole live show to talking about Star Wars toys and which ones were our favorites and. And what we liked and ones we had and try not to make it too just kind of, uh, you know, like the Chris Farley show where we're just like, oh, yeah, Lobot was cool.
2: (laughs) Well, I'll uh, tell you what. I was just clearing out my garage and I found two huge plastic containers of all my original Star Wars toys. I'm going to bring them to the show that night and we can have
0: visual aids. Wow. That's awesome. Maybe we should have a um, like a uh, brackets thing, not a Lee brackets thing, but uh, just a brackets (laughs) where we determine what the best Star Wars toy is. Oh, yeah, I'm in. Hmm. All right. Mm. Well, also I'm very excited together. about that. So December
2: 16th, and we should mention, too, that that's the day that Rogue One comes out, but it also comes out the Thursday night before. So all you real Star Wars heads out there, will see it then, and then come to this show, and then go see it again. Yeah. Wait, our show again, or the Rogue One again? <laughs> yeah, we might have to do an encore. We
1: might. We never know.
2: <laughs> all right. Thank you guys so much for joining me and getting us, I think, closer the truth and before this conversation I was lost I was lost I was floating through the outer rim territories and now you brought me closer
0: to Coruscant (laughs) wow that is some nerdy stuff right there I think
1: closer to Coruscant was that soft jazz album
2: (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys I'll talk to you soon thanks Matt well there you have it it's absolutely decided by us Once again, you can go to this episode's webpage, follow the path to the forum, and post your vote on who you think played the emperor. And if you do have concrete, and I'm talking concrete information, email me at IWasThere2Pod at gmail.com. That's also the email address you can use if you can connect me to a guest that might be right for this show. Otherwise, follow me on Twitter, at Matt Gorley, Instagram, at Matt Gourley. letterboxed at Matt Gourley. I'm also on Twitter as at IWasThere2. Well, we're two-thirds of the way through our Star Wars original trilogy, Spectacular. And though this one took a strange procedural turn, we'll be back with an I Was There Too on Return of the Jedi in the old familiar format. And now, just like last episode, and like the episode after this, we're going to go out on a classic superego sketch. This time, it's the Brown Snowspeeder Squadron from today's film, The Empire Strikes Back. Enjoy.
3: Echo Station 3TA, we All right, Brown
0: Squadron, check in. Brown nine, standing by. Brown eight, standing by. This is
2: Brown three.
0: All right, Brown two, standing by, but if you guys, I swear, I take this job pretty seriously. (laughs) Okay, I can hear you guys laughing. (laughs) It's a rebellion assigned call number, all right? I honestly think we're gonna die today, but I can't stop laughing. Uh-oh, look out, guys. It's one of those uh, camel-y things, elephant it looks like i call them metal doggies oh metal doggies i like that
3: yeah
0: well i'm dead are they supposed to be shooting at us i
2: thought they were on our side brown one no no that is the empire we're the rebellion so i'm not supposed to be
0: behind you locking target. what i'm just making sure no heavens no lock onto the heads of those walkers so if i shoot at you right now don't done ah, there's too many of them i've always wanted
2: I
3: have not yet exploded, so I'm gonna continue to talk her in this sort of intonation. Oh! She's gonna blow! I just hit your wing. Oh, yeah! I'm sorry, everybody. I just satchimo the brown
0: later. Go for the legs. It might be our only chance of stopping them. Activate Harpoon! That one fell down, but I think he was just sleepy. Aren't you dead? Oh, sorry. Good shot, Jansen.
3: We've got company. It's Aunt
2: Mildred. Hi, I'm just staying for like six years. But if you just have a couch you could sleep on while I just slather all over your bed in a slap down, then we'd be great. Star Wars! Aunt Mildred,
3: it is I, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Who? Obi-Wan Kenobi. My first husband. Listen, have I told you the good news about the force?
0: No. I've got some leave behinds here for you. Brown base, I got a sighting of an
1: Obi-Wan Kenobi ghost. Lock Ion Cannon on the ghost, please. This is
0: Brown 7 go 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 g ghost
3: Brown seven! Oh my god. Can you hear me? Uh
0: no, I sure can't hear anything. I'm just uh just shooting at stuff. Uh, pew- pew, pew-pew! Listen to me, I have something here for you. La 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 Everything's abnormal. I'm just in a spaceship and shooting at a big uh, robotic elephant. Oh, fine. Ooh.
2: Uh, Self-destruct initiate! That armor's too thick for our blasters.
0: We've got to try our tow cables. Oh, good. We've only been shooting them for an hour. Nice work, George Lucas. We've got to
3: take them down with string. Why didn't we just set up a giant trip line and trip the damn things as they walk by,
2: George? That's not a bad idea. Let's go for it. Oh, fuck it. I'm out of
0: here. Where are you going? I don't know. I'm gonna take a piss outside of the soundstage and then we're gonna have a cigarette. See if you can find some giant banana peels. Thought you were dead. Oh, that's right. Goodbye. Anybody want like, a coffee or a cafe mocha? I'll have some of that blue milk. I'll take some of that
2: tranya. I'm ready for second breakfast. I just said you were dead. Goodbye. This is Dak. I feel like I could take on the whole empire by myself today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, Shut up. Well, I do. I feel like I could. In fact, <clears throat> it's an auspicious day. I'm gonna sing about the way.
3: Somebody
0: I... shoot him. Oh, yeah. Ah, my second satchmo of the day. I feel like I could take on the whole empire myself. Somebody satchmo him. Oh wait, I didn't mean it.
3: To...
0: Got him. Round three, I need some cover. There's some Star Wars stuff going on. This is brown
2: two, I've got your flank. No jokes, guys. No, no, no we're done with that. We want you to live a
0: long, happy life.
1: Awesome. I can't wait to show.
0: Everybody launch tow cables. A please would be nice. Uh, Round 11 here, my uh, cable's a tail. Cable
3: out. Let her go. Cable detached. So many cables.
1: Kitten on my six. I did a cat's cradle by accident. The cable is wrapped around the walker's
3: legs. We're going to take one down. I detached the cable. Now I have direct TV. The first
0: walker is down. Whoa. Hey. Yeah. Hang on, everybody. That one we knocked down, it's having a puppy.
2: Then, gentlemen, our work here is done.
0: Listen, if any of you need to crash at my place, you're more
2: than welcome. You live out in the dune sea, though, right? Yes, but I've got blow-up mattresses and
0: all sorts of things we could sit up and giggle.
3: That's a wrap, boys. Let's
0: head on back to Brown Town. Brown Squadron, when you return to base, be sure to leave your boots on the mud <laughs> I just told them! <laughs> yes, I'm glad you backed me up. It certainly carries a lot of weight for the Brown Squadron when they hear a bunch of beeps and boops.